Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the Texas Hill Country Market Update brought to you by the Texas Hill Country Advisors, your local Texas Hill Country source for what's going on in the economy, the stock market, and the world of personal finance. We are your co-host, Andrew Gay and Gilbert Pies, local independent financial advisors right here in Kerrville, Texas. It's almost 9.30 a.m. on this beautiful Thursday morning. We've got some sunshine out there. And we got plenty of things to talk about going on in the market, in the world of finance. So let's jump right to it. Securities and investment advisory services offered through Next Financial Group, member of Fenner-Sipic, Texas Hill Country Advisors, is not an affiliate of Next Financial Group. This material is not intended as an offer or solicitation for the purchase or sale of any security or other financial instrument. Past performance does not guarantee future performance. All the views expressed are those of Andrew Gay, Gilbert Prize, and Texas Hill Country Advisors, and not those of Next Financial Group. The S&P 500 is a market cap-weighted index composed of common stocks of 500 leading companies and leading industries of the U.S. economy, and the Dow Jones Industrial Average is a price-weighted index of 30 actively traded blue-chip stocks. All right. Good morning, everybody. Again, thank you for joining us. Let's uh, let's get right to it here. So the major U.S. stock indexes in the U.S. closed slightly down yesterday with the Nasdaq being the leader, uh, just down over eight tenths of a percent on the day. This comes after their initial positive reaction to the CPI or inflation number, the most recent recent inflation number that we got, which was for the month of March, but annualized came in at about 5% year over year. Um, That was from March 2022 to March 2023. That's down a whole one percentage point from the number that we got previously from February, which was at six. So initial positive reaction in the stock markets, but close the day negative. Most of this could have been attributed to the Fed meeting minutes that were released from their February meeting, showing that some of the policymakers had a few concerns about the banking term, the recent banking turmoil Uh, possibly posing a recession risk here to the U.S. But, you know, if you've been following us here, you know that that is not a new story. So it it seems to have shifted from inflation fears at the end of last year to make sure that, you know, worries about inflation not cooling. Uh, But it looks like that trend is is really taking hold as far as inflation starting to cool off. But now, since the beginning of this year, it's been mostly around most of um, recession-related fears of some kind, of some sort. Uh, So the the Fed does see that inflation is starting to cool, but we think that they have one more interest rate hike uh, in the tank. We think that at their May 2nd and 3rd meeting, they're probably going to announce a quarter percent rate hike there. And so does the market. The market, uh, the last time I checked, was at about just under 70% chance that they think the market thinks that they're going to raise rates. The Labor Department's producer price index came out this morning, which is not the consumer side of the inflation equation. It's for the producers. And as we well know, if a producer or a wholesaler, think of maybe like a grocery store, incurs higher prices, they're going to most likely pass some of that along to you as a consumer. So the thought is that if there's inflation on the wholesale side of things where the purchaser's purchasers are are experiencing inflation at that point in the supply chain that they're probably going to pass that along and and you'll see the inflation bleed over into the consumer side of the equation so we got the consumer inflation yesterday this was the producers inflation metric that came out this morning and it fell all the way to 2.7 from a previous of 4.9 and this is for the same period that of the in 
the consumer inflation that we got yesterday. So this is for the month of March and it just continues the narrative of cooling inflation. So we think that that is a good sign. Hopefully that gives us some insight and a little bit of a peek into what to expect for inflation for maybe the next coming months. And we still think the Fed's going to raise interest rates probably in the face of that, just to, because they've said before that they are interested in killing inflation and doing whatever they have to do to bring it all the way back down to their 2% target. Today is Thursday, so we got initial jobless claims for the week that rose by 11,000. That came in a little higher than anticipated, but it was uh, it pushed the four-week average above 200 a good bit. Uh, and we had just not really seen a lot of that up to this point, but maybe this also shows some cooling in the labor markets and that overly tight in unemployment rate maybe hopefully we'll start to show some of this as well as the payrolls numbers that have been added in the months previously so all that economic data just to say that it looks like we're trending in the right direction as far as the u.s economy goes and what the fed would want to see with the backdrop of higher interest rates now the one thing i'll add to this is if you are an investor you got to remember that Part of, of the deal and, and the perspective of the long-term investor is that over a very long period of time, you will be rewarded for kind of riding out the waves of volatility. There's plenty of doom and gloom out there. If you look anywhere, where, whether you're listening to you know, Fox Business News or, or Fox News or um, any of the other media outlets that, that talk about the markets, there's plenty of doom and gloom headlines out there, especially with the U.S. going into recession and and inflation coming down from 40-year highs that peaked last summer. But you got to remember that the markets, at least the U.S. stock market, has been resilient historically just because, you know, Gilbert and I were talking about this yesterday, but it survived, you know, World War II, the Great Depression, the Vietnam Wars, the savings and loan crisis, the dot-com bubbles, the Great Recession, uh, COVID. I mean, you know, you can come up with a reason basically every year, if you wanted to, of why not to invest and we think it's important that that long-term investors just keep that mindset of remembering why staying invested a lot of times is is the best option there. And then also, if you have money on the sidelines, since this is good, proving to be a good time for savers with interest rates starting to creep up and things like banks starting to pay more in interest, there there's a lot of options out there for you to try to get your money working and derive some kind of income for it. So there are some good entry points. But, you know, a lot of what we're hearing right now is just noise. And we just have to remember that we talked about that a little bit yesterday. So just wanted to throw that out there. So if you're an investor, uh, you, those are some things to keep in mind. Gilbert, over to you, sir. <laughs> you, you know, I don't even know why I bother being on here because uh, you, <laughs> you hit it all perfectly. Andrew, that you, you said everything that needs to be said. But we want your input, right? So, <laughs> well, I appreciate that. But uh, I, I'll just say this, that... Uh, you know, it looks like all the data that's coming out from the Fed is trending in the right direction, as you said. Uh, I, I would I I would reserve judgment. I mean, I think if I had to make a decision today, I would say, too, that the Feds are probably going to raise one more time in May. Uh, but if, if we happen to get lucky and PCE comes out later this month for month of March, if PCE comes in better than expected, who knows? Maybe the Fed doesn't raise rates in May. So I, I think I would reserve judgment until then for sure. Um, but PCE comes out at the end of the month and then the Feds meet in May a couple days later. So they'll have some data to provide. And, and I think if the Feds 
do raise rates one more time, um, that that they could always drop them back whenever they wanted to. So I, I think they're going to be um, more aggressive than they may want to be initially because they know they can always drop them back if they had to. So uh, I, I would say this, that, you know, we're, we're obviously very, very close to the end of when the feds are going to, you know, stop raising interest rates. And that should be very good for the bond market. In fact, if you look today, uh, the five, the twos, the tens are all down, which is good. You, you want the yields to be down on the, the treasury market. And, and at some point down the road, we may see that inversion that we've had for more than a year now turn around and and start looking a little more normal. Um, we want to talk about that just just for a little bit. Expand on the inversion. What is that? Yes, yes. Well, well, right now we we have what's called an inversion, and what that means is that short-term interest rates on the ten-year treasury or the two-year treasury are higher than the five and ten-year rate. Uh, that you would get on a ten-year on a on a treasury bill, um, that that's not normal. Normally, what happens is the shorter the term, the less you would expect to earn. The longer the term, the more you would expect to earn on your investment. And and that's that's usually what we call a a traditional yield curve. Shorter term means you earn less. The longer the term, the more you're going to earn. So you would expect what you get paid to be higher. Right now, for the past year, we've had we've had an inversion where short-term interest rates are much higher than longer-term rates, and and it and it's a head scratcher. It, it does a lot of weird things. And <laughs> um, right now, uh, what what we're thinking is that at some point we should see, and and I think we we can say that now, uh, especially that the two-year Treasury has dropped below four percent, and hopefully will stay there. And then at some point, if it drops off some more, uh, might see the 10-year treasury either move up a little bit or see that two-year treasury drop off more so that it, it then becomes less than what the 10-year treasury is. Haven't seen that yet, and, uh, but, but it looks like it's in the works. And um, I, I think the longer that the Fed, or whenever the Fed stop raising interest rates, and the longer that period goes from them not raising interest rates anymore, we we should start seeing the yield inversion correct itself. Um, and that would be very, very good for the bond market because part of what's what's been going on for a lot of people in the bond market right now is they, they've just gotten crushed with these crazy high interest rates on the short term. Um, and, and, and it's and it's been a serious problem. Even even the 10-year treasury has gone up. It's just that we, we should see some of those things correct themselves. Um, and, and so that's something we're, we're definitely looking at. And, and until we get that corrected, until we get that inversion corrected and, and we stop seeing the Fed raise interest rates, it's going to be a tough time for not only the bond market, but the equity markets too. Uh, I'll give you a good example. Right now, we're, we've been talking to a lot of people. A lot of people are telling us, well, why should I invest in the stock market or any uh, equity type of investment? Um, and and they they can pay us you know anywhere from three to five percent in dividends. Uh, on a common stock, it's not that hard to find three to five percent in dividend yield. Uh, you know, two three years ago that was fantastic, three to five percent on a dividend yield on a, on a common stock. 
But now when you have CD rates that are paying, you know, 490, 480, close to 5%, heck last week, they were above 5% for one year. Um, you, you look at those two things and you say, well, the, the CD is more safe, quote unquote safe. Um, it, it's uh, got some principal guarantees that you don't have in a common stock. Why should I invest in, a, in the stock market when I can get, you know, a better or perceived more safe yield in a, in a uh, short-term CD? But, well, that's true. Those, it's, it's a very difficult thing to justify. But remember, with a CD, you only get the stated rate for a period of time, and that's it. Yes, it's locked in. Yes, you have some principal guarantees. But you then become a slave to short-term interest rates, which we think over time will start to go down, not up anymore. Um, and, and then all of a sudden that 5% yield or 3 to 5% yield on a common stock starts to look better. Um, and, and right now we're just in an environment where it doesn't look better. But, but over time, those things will change. And I think as soon as the Fed stop raising interest rates, it's going to be much, much, much better opportunity on a, in the stock market or in a uh, equity that's paying three to five percent, or or even a bond. Because right now, bonds, some of the higher quality bonds are, are paying you know four to six percent, depending on credit rating and term and all that good stuff. And issuer. Um, so I, I'm just saying that that. As soon as the stock market, or as soon as the Fed stop raising interest rates, things will look much better in the investment markets. Um, and, and when you look back on this period, uh, especially four or five years from now, we're going to look back at this period and say, man, that was kind of crazy, but look how things have changed. And, and that's that's the one constant in our economy and in the world that we live in. There's always change. And, and so right now, if you're a current investor, just be patient. The change is coming. And I think uh, th there's always good opportunities, especially right now, to look at. Yeah, and I think per, uh, patience is key for long-term investors. If you look at how that's played out historically over the long term, right? Um, not necessarily on a year-to-year -year basis, like a calendar year-to-calendar -year, year or anything like that. But if you look at how that's played out over the long term and just riding the wave, it typically says that more, more. Um, aggressive side of investments will have historically outpaced inflation, right? And and you want that because if inflation's running at eight percent or it's pretty high right now, and you're only earning five on a CD, you're actually losing purchasing power. So your dollar is not worth as much the next year, even if you earn five percent in the face of that higher rate of inflation. It doesn't do a whole lot. You're still going backwards. Yeah, in, um, in a CD, think of it this way: you're you're losing money, purchasing power. Uh, you're losing money safely, <laughs> yes. Which, which you know, is is still not good. Uh, uh, so, so we always try to balance the risks with reward, um, and and you have to remember that principal protection or or uh, risk to your principal is not the only risk you need to manage. There's a lot of more risks you need to manage: inflation risk, you need to manage. Uh, purchasing power risk. You need to manage all kinds of other risks besides just principal protection. Got to get the whole picture. Man. Yes, yes, yes. Okay, guys, I think that'll do it for us today. Uh, thank you very much for tuning in. Hopefully you enjoyed what we had to say today. Don't forget, interact with us, share our content. It helps other people find the show.
We are on Facebook, LinkedIn, and YouTube most weekdays that the stock market is open in all places podcasts are possible, including Spotify. Thank you guys so much and enjoy the rest of your Thursday. We'll catch you back here tomorrow morning.